This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, December 4th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. In Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author and podcaster Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, the Tundra uh, artist, producer, mogul, <laughs> Derek Miner. It's 25 degrees there. Everybody's cold. Yeah, look, black people don't like cold weather, just letting y'all know. For the most part, I mean, we're not a monolith, so, you know, I'm sure it's going to be. I don't good. like cold water either. Uh, cold weather either, or cold water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you like wearing. Jamie, you like wearing the cold weather hats, though. Well, this is like, you know, us girls. I'm on, you know, a couple days of not washing my hair. So I got to do something. So Ooh. I got a hat on. Ooh. I, I I haven't really had regular haircuts this entire year. And so I've been wearing a hat 98% of the time. I don't even know what my hair looks like anymore. It's just just under the hat. It, it's been a weird year for everybody. Not just hair and hat related things. Um, <laughs> though, that's the least think, of our worries. I think, I think that's what's on most people's minds right now. Uh, um, <laughs> is the hair situation. Um, but no, but I was just thinking too, like this is the type of year, the time of year where traditionally I start thinking about the, my favorite like year end picks. I mean, I'm sure you guys, yeah, we, it, it, we yeah. always do top 10 movies of the year relevant the week yep. after Christmas. We run the top 10 albums, top 10 movies. Yeah. Guys, it is, it is very difficult this year, mainly because, uh, nothing really came out. Um, yeah. I was I was looking at the, the the best movies I've seen this year, and you know most of the movies I saw this year were movies that were already released at some point. You know, uh, I think the best original movie. I mean, this is the state of things. Was Sonic the Hedgehog, which I saw with my eight year old son. <laughs> hey, don't hate on Sonic, man. Don't my hate second, on Sonic, my number man. two, my number two favorite movie was the trailer for Tenet. I'm dying to see Tenet. I'm dying to see Tenet, but I'm not going to literally die to see Tenet. That's the that's there the uh, that's the conflict I'm in. And TV shows too. Like I know TV kind of still release stuff because they had stuff in the pipeline, but it was just a weird year for TV too. Like I, I I'm not I'm not a Queens. I didn't watch Queens Gambit. I've heard it's great. I'm just not into chess adjacent media. I just, just not something I do. <laughs> just one of my hard and fast rules. Don't like chess stuff. Finding Forrester, any of it. I'm out. I'm out on chess stuff. That was a good movie. Come on. It, just... it was It was very boring. It was like playing chess. Super boring. It felt like homework. <laughs> chess stuff and chess feel like homework. Why anyone would want to do that or watch that recreationally is being, like if someone's looking, it's like a big math problem. It's just like, hey, go solve this math problem for an hour and and act like it's fun. I think the best TV show was definitely, and I think it's a pretty criti- pretty much a cr- critical consensus. It's got to be Floor's Lava. I mean, just the, just the delight. <laughs> I've never seen it. I know you're talking about. We are PTV 2020. It's dope. I mess with I mess with Floor's Lava. I ain't mad. I mess with Floor's Lava. It was a highlight. It was honestly, if you if you had to make a list of like, what are some good stuff about 2020? It's like remember remember that week where everyone was super into Floor's Lava. That was kind of fun. Hey, (laughs) did you Floor's Lava? The reason why we all loved it is because it's a lot like our old favorite Jesse Wipeout. Right? Yeah, it's just an indoor Wipeout. Yep. Did you hear they're bringing Wipeout back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wipeout Lava is done. Wipeout got rebooted on TBS and it's going to come out. But did you hear what happened a couple weeks ago? I, I did hear they're there was filming a... it right now. They're yeah. filming the new era of Wipeout and they've cranked it up. Like they they made it more dangerous, bigger <gasps> oh, stunts, this. all that kind of stuff. Somebody, a participant, passed away. Somebody got killed on the course. Are you serious? Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So it's like everybody like wants yeah. it bigger and better, and a guy, yeah, it, lost it, it, his I, life. I always think about that when I'm watching shows like that, like that Survivor or, you know, the one where they just they throw them in like Alaska and they're like, hey, we'll come back in three weeks and pick you up. Like, yeah, yeah. yes, that's a good show this year. But I always wonder, like, how do they what happens if someone does die in this filming? Like, that's the worst. And not not only that, Mm -hmm. what does it say about us as like consumers, too? Because I was like, I've watched like Naked and Afraid and it's like half hour of this were two strangers being 
eaten alive by fire ants every night. Like, that was the most of the episode. It's just watching them slowly get devoured by insects. But, it, but, but those shows we know, there is an emergency crew right off, you know, they're right there. Yeah, they can helicopter there's no, them out. There's no real danger. You know what I mean? We know that it's like stage danger. So then, like, to know that on Wipeout, somebody actually died. Like, I can't watch the new season. Well, well, yeah, like, and just like and not, knowing that, yeah, well, that, that's I just why I can't enjoy it. Listen, you know? I've, I've 2020 has given us too many things to have like anxiety about that are like legit, like existential yeah. threats all around us. I don't need that for TV anymore. Like, combine something harmless with something insane. Like that putt-putt show that Steph Curry did. Okay? Right. That was perfect. <laughs> it's like, yes, there are ramps and tanks of water and spinning things. But look, I mean, mostly it's it's elaborate putt-putt. Like, I'm just more comfortable. It's just where we are. We don't need to see people subjecting themselves to injuries. Like, we're it's at a true. place right now where putt-putt... Like, floor is lava. I mean, that's seems pretty yeah I, I would imagine to get seriously hurt in floors lava you'd really have to be trying something you'd have to try to swing from that chandelier onto the spinning couch and just <laughs> it, like on a curtain rod or something because right. it seems like the safest of all these stunt shows you know but but yeah i agree with you i, I it's gonna be difficult to watch shows when you know people were you know hurt oh, or worse now so you know? me and my kids watch american ninja warrior kids Man, first oh, okay. of all, those kids are crazy. Like, I'm like, yo, these are some athletic kids. It's like kids that have been training for it since they were like three years old. And then, you know, their parents build these obstacle courses in the back. And then the guy who wins is probably just some dude that just goes into the park and does a jungle gym. And he's like, like, I remember it was funny. It was this one. And I know everybody's going to be like, oh, here he goes. But it was this black kid. And like all the white kids that were on it, they had all these different like mom had made them this obstacle course. And this bad kid's just like, man, I'm from Alabama. And uh, <laughs> you know, I play football for the Alabama Wildcats. And, you know, and man, he was dusted. <laughs> I was like, yo, country fast, country, country strong. Yeah. strong and country yeah, fast will get American Ninja Warrior every time. In <laughs> yeah. my opinion, I think you're going to win. Well, we have, speaking of athletes and stuff, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to uh, an athletic legend, superstar Tim Tebow is coming up on the show. Tim Tebow! Sportscaster, philanthropist, athlete, author. I mean, the the, the man does it all. And, he does and it yes, Jess. So Jesse, I gotta I gotta confess. After okay. uh, a week or two ago, we had Ron Howard on the show. Yep. yep. And you said, hey. It was a missed opportunity for Tyler Huckabee talking to Ron <laughs> Howard to not end it with, will you please record some narration yes. for our podcast? Yeah. I <laughs> Huge conveyed, missed opportunity. I yeah. conveyed that message to one Mr. Tyler Huckabee okay. and said, don't blow it with Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at, the end of, at the end of this conversation about his humanitarian work and all this amazing stuff, I need you to ask him some college football questions. <laughs> and so our most non-sports person on our staff uh, did at my request, because I did it for you, Jesse, ask Tebow for his some, some predictions for college Good. football this year, Heisman and otherwise. Uh, he also tells us uh, some of the, we asked him with the craziest fan base. He gets into that a little bit. So, Stay tuned to the end for yeah. the T-Boat thing. I, you yeah. know, in the past, I had asked, I had interviewed him in the past, and I, I, I asked him, I can't, I'm trying to remember who's somebody. The infamous, who, the infamous conversation where he recorded it on a cell phone with in the car with the window down. Underwater? Was that the one? Underwater? No, that was Aaron <laughs> Hanbury. Sounded, that was Aaron. That was Aaron, that was that was Aaron. Aaron Hanbury. I, was, I, only, I only record things at the highest quality standards. Um, <laughs> not that Aaron did. Not that Aaron didn't. But that was just a bad culmination Dang, of events. But, Aaron, no, they I throwing you him, under the bus, fam. <laughs> no, no, listen. It was all cool. It was all cool because it ended up being a lot of fun. I love Aaron. He's awesome, guys. Very professional. The, those type of things happen to all of us. But, uh, you know, uh, when I talked to Tebow, I had asked him what it, cause I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody was like, "Hey, I, I used to uh, uh, heckle Florida pretty pretty bad, and I am a Christian, and now I kind of feel weird about it because Tebow seems like a good guy." <laughs> and I asked him how it felt, how it made his feelings hurt when he got heckled. He seemed to 
you know, roll with the punches, okay? He's a big you boy. Know? He's a big yeah. boy. Yeah. He's not someone who you feel great about heckling. You know, like, right. it's not like... He's not Russell big... Westbrook or somebody who is just like, he's just asking for it. Yeah, you know? or, or, or even like, you know, some some other, like Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't feel that bad. Because oh, like, really? He's a nice guy, too. He's a nice guy, but... He's a he's, good, upstanding Christian he's kid. He's a Come good, on, upstanding Christian kid. Hey, I saw him. I saw him on a video get in like a scuffle during an intramural basketball game. Okay, that's the kind of guy you want to you want to heckle because it's hey, affect so why, game. why do you want to heckle get, with him? Because he got in a scuffle though. Because it's going to affect his game. He's you want to get type, in his head. You want to get in his head. Tebow. Oh, no one's getting. No one's getting you. Tebow's okay, head. Okay, no one's getting okay. Tebow's head. You, no. All you're all you're doing. It's just you're just wasting your breath insulting Tim Tebow. He doesn't I care. I don't know. Hey, you know what? I had Tim, Tim Tebow's Tebow, mom. I, I had Tim Tebow's mom on my happy hour, and she calls him Timmy the whole time. Oh, see, you, you can't that, heckle Tyler. somebody they call it Timmy. Timmy. No. Tim, Tim Tebow has on the full armor of God at all times. <laughs> He's got the helmet. I'm sorry, it's impenetrable. And he weighs approximately 320 pounds of pure muscle. And, right. you know, his neck yeah. his neck is now much larger than like my quads. Like, he is just yeah. a, a, a giant human of a He's man. He's a tree trunk of a man. There's no point insulting him. He is peak Peak Timmy. Like, he's probably the coolest Timmy in the world. Like, if you were to line up all the Timmies, anyone in this world that goes by Timmy and just line them up and be like, I'd probably take that guy right there for whatever whatever I'm picking right now. I got to go with that big guy right there. Uh, And then also on the show today, uh, we have our fall wellness segment with author Kelly Ballery. Now, she wrote a book called Rest Now, Seven Ways to Say No, Set Boundaries, and Seize Mm. Joy. And I'll tell you, I'm exhausted right now, and I need to hear that segment today. So I need I need that in my life. I'm saying boundaries, rest. Whew, that's that's man. Yeah, sounds good. good. We all we all can use a dose of that sometimes. All right, uh, well, stay tuned. Coming up next, Tyler joins us for relevant news. listening to Francis Forever. The song is Space Girl. Well, today's show is brought to you by Bombas. Maybe you haven't always thought of socks as a perfect gift or perfect way to give back, but actually Bombas socks were made to give literally. When you give a pair of super comfortable Bombas socks, you're not only giving someone a gift they'll love, you're also donating a specially designed pair to someone in need. Because for every pair of socks Bombas sells, They donate a pair to someone experiencing homelessness across the U.S. And since socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, the generosity of giving Bombas will make meaningful impact this holiday season. Bombas are specially engineered to be the most comfortable pair of socks you and everyone on your gift list has ever worn. Wearing them feels like walking on a cloud. It's true. I love my Bombas. They're fantastic. They come in tons of different colors and styles, including athletic performance socks, limited edition holiday socks, dress socks, and socks made from merino wool. For you fancy folks, the generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of more than 3000 giving partners. Also, Bombas socks are 100% backed for life. If you or anyone you give them to aren't happy with them, just reach out to their customer happiness team who will issue an exchange or a refund. From comfort to kindness and everything in between, Bombas aren't just givable, they were made to give. Go to bombas.com slash relevant today to get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash relevant, bombas.com slash relevant, save 20%. Do it. Okay, it's time for Relevant Please welcome to the show, Tyler Huckabee, our senior editor at Relevant, covering the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, Tyler. Hey everybody! Hey, real quick, I, w- I was I was keyed in. I was keyed in. I was listening to y'all before y'all came on. Do you know who else I heard? You know, I heard another unlikely Timmy in one of my interviews. It was about around this time last year when I interviewed Greta Gerwig for Little Women, and she refers to Timothy Chalamet as Timmy. Timothy Chalamet, uh. the the star of stage and yeah. screen. Does he? And he also doesn't seem like a Timmy, but for like different reasons. 
Well, you know who I, you know who I've else heard referred to as Timmy. That this maybe there's something to this is is Tim Duncan, the the legendary power forward for mm. who run like you Doesn't know won five or six championships. Doesn't I've work. heard him. I've heard like Popovich call him Timmy. There's some there's it's some like a, sort it's of endearing. It it's is. Like you, it you is. Know. But neither of these people, any of these people, are not people I would I would peg as Timmys. You no. know, they're solidly Tims in my mind. Maybe <laughs> Timothy, but Timmy, I'm not I squaring this. You have this, to guys. earn the right to call them Timmy. Like you got to be so close. Like to I be, can't call. None of I us can call any call of Tim them Tebow Timmy in our conversation. <laughs> no. do, do you should have started the conversation. Hi, is this Timmy? Hi, Timmy. It's Tyler. I just I just typed in famous Tims and just you know just to see yeah. who else in this uh, genre could be you know a Timmy. There's not any really any others. Like I mean, I wouldn't call Tim Cook, Apple CEO Timmy. I wouldn't yeah, call yeah, not. I, mean, I wouldn't call Tim Gunn from uh, Project Runway Timmy. I would. There's just not Allen. Yeah, Tim, would, Tim Burton, the director. I wouldn't call him Timmy. Even yeah, Tiny Tim. Odd. Who seems like he would, if anybody, would be Timmy Legend. He's a textbook. Yeah, that's a yeah, textbook Timmy he, right there. And, they, and but, even he is just Tim. But I bet they all have someone in their life, though, that calls them Timmy. Mm. That's the thing. No one yeah, goes by sure. Timmy. And Bob Cratchit. It's just like, oh, your mom Timmy calls you Timmy. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's tiny Tim to everybody else, but he's always Timmy to Bob Cratchit. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Right. Very seasonal. <laughs> nice seasonal reference there, Tyler. You, this should have been the inter- I don't even know what the interview topic was for Tim Tebow, but it should have been this. Tim, I want to talk about Timmy. And I'm not talking about you in the third person. I'm talking about the name Timmy. And why it sounds so weird with people like you. So, Timmy Duncan? Timmy Chalamet? Your thoughts. The floor is yours, dive. Timmy. I'll do a deep dive this week and see what I can bring back for relevant news next week. We, we've got, we've got a week. I'm going to set it up and then jump past it over to you, Timmy. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I wonder if he has a nickname like T- Tim Tebow. Tebow for like, real? Like the people maybe call him I, besides his mom? Besides Timmy. Like, I, yeah. like Tyler, we talk to Tebow, it seems like every year or two. Next uh-huh. time at the end, yeah. instead of a sports mm-hmm. question, we need to ask him if he has any nicknames. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've never heard his of him. His name is anything. Timmy. That's the nickname. Yeah. That's, That's it. it. Mr. Mr. T- T- T-Bone? Here. I mean, it's got to be T-Bone. T-Bone. Right? T-Bone. He's a T-Bone. Oh, it's de- he's definitely a T-Bone. T-Bone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Timster. Derek, I Derek did you ever know yeah. the 90s Christian rapper T-Bone? No, I never know. I, I don't know him, but I've, I've heard his music, though, for sure. No, actually, <laughs> I met him one time. I met him one time after the, uh, the Beyonce movie. Um, oh, I yeah. Met him. in like 2003? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, but but uh-huh. but, the, but then there's T Bone Burnett too, the the famous uh, producer who, yeah. who's done. Uh, you yeah. know, he's I wonder if he's a, his real name is Timmy T Bone Burnett. I wonder if it's. <laughs> yeah. I think he he I, so I just much. I just opened his Wikipedia page, and oddly, it's Joseph Henry T Bone Burnett the third. So Makes a lot sense. happening there. A lot happening. There's a, there's a story there. Yeah, we're making is. a lot of work for Clark right now. Just FYI. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, relevant news. Anyway, we play the jingle again. Do we still, are we still in that segment? <laughs> yeah. What, what's relevant going on news. this week, Tyler? <laughs> oh, we got a lot going on. This first story, we're going back. I know it's, we've taken a little break, but we are going to briefly, and I'll keep it short, we're going to dip our toes back into the world of politics. Uh, because yes. there is oh, here we go. Uh, Wait, something, something, something political is happening. Okay, buckle <laughs> up. Buckle up. <laughs> All right, it's kind of kind of been slow out of DC these days, but fire away. <laughs> we're actually not even going to DC. We're going to the state of Georgia, uh, where I'm sure even if you're not interested in politics, you've probably heard that there is an upcoming runoff election there, and it's a pretty big deal. Whoever comes out of this runoff election is going to be in control of the Senate in 2021. So that's why there's a lot of money, a lot of attention being poured into these campaigns right now. And it's taken on a an extremely uh, religious context here. Uh, so you have right now, Republican senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, who are facing off against their Democratic challengers, Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Now, the reason this has become sort of a debate, even maybe more of a debate about religion than it is about policy, is because of Reverend Warnock. He has been the senior pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church for 25 years. That's the church that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was pastor mm-hmm. of before he passed away. Uh, and he, during his time there, preached a lot of sermons and 
some of the things that he said during these sermons are being used by his conservative opponents to paint him as sort of a radical or or an extremist. Um, and you, you can, if you listen to some of these quotes out of context, you'll see how this is how this game is working. Clark, I sent you one that got a lot of attention a couple of weeks ago. Can you play that? This is Reverend Warnock preaching. America, nobody can serve God and the military. You can't serve God and money. You cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. America, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Yeah, the Bible talks about I, that. You can't have I two agree. masters. Fairly yeah. co- right, right. Not a not that controversial of a thing to say from the pulpit. Uh, but oh, this yeah. was shared by uh, by Senator Marco Rubio, uh, who said that. Uh, and this, this was he said him. about it. He said, "Not <laughs> shocked by this." Democratic candidate Raphael Warnock said, "You can't serve God and the military. These and even crazier things is what the radicals who control the Democratic Party's activists and small donor base believe." Uh, so taking that idea of serving the military as being an actual like, yeah. joint, you know, being in the army, serving the military. Yeah. And I can see, I mean, that when we were listening to that clip, that's what immediately jumped out to me because it seemed like, I mean, you, you know, I'm not, this isn't any kind of indictment on this particular individual, but I do think, I don't think it's unfair to question his word choice there. Because yeah, he, you know that he was doing a list of things I, saying, I, like, no, you can't no, bow I, your knee to it. You, you know, can't make I, it an idol. I, I, you I know? totally understand. But I also know, you know. Yeah, pull the, pull the quote out of context and the it, words you know, don't military look good. Military service it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is th- those are two terms that are linked you know, beyond, but he was talking about putting your hope in. I, no, you know no, I, mean? I totally understand that. But I can yeah. understand someone who's running for political office right, and right, is going right, right. to represent service members who literally self-identify as service members should probably be a little bit more careful with their words because it, it, it does seem like not a huge stretch for someone to pull to to apply in a context that maybe he didn't mean. You know what I right. mean? Like, I do feel like it was probably not the greatest word choice. Was that pre running for office or yes, it after was. It was, he was running? It was from quite a while ago. Yeah, so I I think, so, yeah, so oh. that's the issue is is I mean, when you're preaching, I don't think, you know, in his mind, since he wasn't running for office, I don't think he was worried about, you know, what the masses would think, but more yeah, about the people he was talking to, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So I I that and that's the I think that's the conundrum with today, really, is anybody can go grab something from ten years ago. And and put it and out. Just pull and a soundbite too, right? And, but it all. But and also say, hey, this is what this guy thinks exactly right now. This little fifteen second clip, um, with no context. But Derek, I, I've been going through your archives. I'm going to find something. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you're definitely going to find something. <laughs> but the, the crazy thing is, I. <laughs> I'm at the point where I don't really care. <laughs> like, yeah, that, you do not you're care. Not I, honestly, yeah. I honestly don't. And if I run for office, I'm like, like, yeah, I was, you know, yeah, I was a rapper. Yeah. That's what we do. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, like, pretty know, much not, actually. That's what kind of what Warnock is saying. Is he's like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. And he said, we have many people who served in the military who come to our church. They weren't confused about what I meant when I said this. And, and right. I think that's probably a, or at least it didn't cause an uproar at the time when he preached that sermon in his own church, which obviously had active members of the military and according to him. Um, And there's been a few different. So that's kind of a that's maybe a microcosm of the tone this can't this campaign has taken, which policy has taken a backseat to the sort of pre-chops in which a quote, usually from one of Warnock's past sermons is taken out of context. There's also been some stuff about Israel. He supports a two state solution that is not considered sufficiently pro-Israel for some people who are trying to level that that sort of uh, that, that sort of controversy against him as well. And it's interesting to note, too, that this is coming on the heels of a very contentious battle over the religious beliefs of now Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who Republicans, uh, I would say, in my estimation, rightfully pushed, defended her against some attacks from Democrats, which were seen as being sort of anti-Catholic. Senator Dianne Feinstein said that Coney Barrett's dogma lived loudly within her, which is a pretty, can be seen as a pretty anti-Catholic thing to say to somebody uh, Mm -hmm. for them now to turn around and try to say that somebody else's dogma lives loudly within them on the other side feels like a little bit of a double standard but of course uh as as uh <laughs> as warnock is well aware uh this is not an uncommon thing for black pastors black pastors from the black church tradition have to face when they get a bigger spotlight 
Mm. Yeah, but and, and I think <clears throat> I think a lot of times this. I mean, we've seen this issue, you know, with the Amy Comey Barrett, a- Amy Comey Barrett uh, confirmation hearings. She goes by Timmy. Yeah, Timmy. <laughs> that's right. You guys remember Supreme Court Justice Timmy. Um, but you know, she had given a speech during her time at Notre Dame Law, where you know the Catholic Law School, where she said, you know, ultimately her pursuit. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something along the lines of ultimately her professional pursuits are, you know, the first priorities to build the kingdom of God. And, you Mm. know, that was taken out of, you know, kind of the greater context of she was addressing people who were getting ready to go out in the world professionally to say, look, she is a theocrat. Her, she's not going to uphold the constitution. She's going to uphold her own theology. When in reality, I think pretty much every, I think, that's the gospel, right? Is like, right. if you're a Christian, your number one priority is to build the kingdom of God. And you do that through your profession, through your relationships. through. So I, I do think there is a tendency to take bad faith readings of, you know, Christians saying maybe provocative things, but kind of applying the worst possible, um, you know, uh, context to them in order to gain political points. I, I think we've seen that, you know, in, in a lot of different cases these days. Mm-hmm. We also live in a bubble and don't realize how some things sound to people mm-hmm. outside of our bubble. So saying mm-hmm. my only focus is to build the kingdom of God. That that is okay when you're at church, but then when you get in a public space, what if someone doesn't believe in God? Then right. now yeah. they feel offended, you know. So I don't think we realize how offensive that could be to people. And, and and I don't know the answer. I'm not saying people should not say things like that. I'm just saying I don't think we realize that um, at all. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say I think that's true too. But I think also a lot of the gospel is offensive. You know, like when For sure. when it says like die to yourself, like that sounds weird to people. You know, but as followers of Jesus, that's what He asks us to do in everything we do. You know, in both of those settings, the, you know, the the pastor was addressing a congregation. Amy Coderre yeah. was addressing Catholic law students. You know, but it was kind of pulling them out because, like. To, to your guys' point, people at that church know that the idea of you can't serve two masters. So right. he says sure. you can't serve God and literally just fill in the blank. And if you can, anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. He wasn't, but, you know, it wasn't an indictment against military service or it sounded like earning an income or whatever, you know, kind of things he, he kind of placed in there. Um, but yeah, taking it outside the context, it does sound weird if you, if you don't have the, the, the context of, you know, theology that, that oh, you yeah. benefit from, you know. All right. What else you got, Tyler? All right. So this was sort of interesting, and I want to. We're going to see how close you all can get. There was a, a big survey that's been conducted over the last year uh, from this strategy firm called NRG that conducted 350,000 interviews. So that's actually quite a few wow, to determine yeah. which entertainment franchise Americans consider to be the best. All right. So this isn't the most popular. This isn't money. This is Americans' favorite entertainment franchises uh, taken by in this franchise. Post. You mean like a movie franchise that, or do and, you mean like McDonald's? Like, and we do, do and I, I don't mean McDonald's and I, we do need to <laughs> use some terms okay. here. Because, we're talking movies, TV shows. Because <laughs> the <laughs> answer is Quiznos. This is the Quiznos slice. <laughs> we're talking Quiznos. Right. <laughs> that chicken carbonara, man. Woo. I'm not sure you can get them anymore, but if, if there's no one a few Quiznos you guys there. think came out on top here, but I want to. There's it can be a little bit complicated because both TV shows and movies were are considered here, and so a franchise in this case kind of it doesn't necessarily mean something that has uh, multiple entries, uh, but it's just a very memorable brand movie or TV show brand that has usually some like toys or something associated with it. There's Ooh. there's merchandising opportunities, and it's not just DC. It'd be Batman and Superman. Right. Like, they're they're gotcha. broken so, out. So, who do they talk to? Because were children to seniors? This like, is, or is it this like is adults? Like Gen who? Z through boomers. Okay. Got so on the younger end, you're talking you're talking high schoolers mm-hmm. uh, and junior hires, and on no. the older end, you're going all the way up to you know your grandparents. So let's start Not, let's, let's start with the easy number one, MacGyver off the list. What's what's <laughs> where does where does Star Wars? I mean, I put Star I put Star, Star Wars. Wars on there. Yeah, I think Star Wars. Now, what's um, interesting is you're is you're technically right, but also they broke it down even a little more than that. Number one across all genres across all groups was the Mandalorian. 
for oh, wow. specifically, specifically wow. the show The Mandalorian. And uh, the reason that that st- stuck out, according to them, was that the show has gotten into a little bit deeper themes than the than the larger movies themselves have. And also, obviously, with Baby Yoda, that merchandising, uh, it's extremely child. memorable. Grogu. People meme it a Grogu. lot. People use it a lot. So you've got, oh, yeah, he's not Baby Yoda anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not all the way caught up, but I know he has a name, yeah? Grogu. I, I, yeah, I, yeah I, you, you just made a major spoiler. Spoiler, but I haven't seen it every any week. of it. Yeah, me neither, and I don't plan on it because man, I'm, I'm not a, it. I'm not a Star Wars. The name not ain't Star no Wars. Nothing, <laughs> man. And then people are like, but don't, you don't understand. There's Baby Yoda. You're making me want to see it less. Like, <laughs> Jesse, I, it's I, good. <laughs> Jesse, I'll tell you this. There's no chess in the entire show, so you should watch it. It's good. My whole family is watching it, not me. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I do what, want to catch why, up. I like why, the first are you, why are you boycotting? Why are you boycotting, I don't, I don't, boycotting I, space cowboys? I'm watching. I'm watching Queen's Gambit over here. So sorry, Jesse. Mm. Oh wow. No, well. I'm I'm smart, Jesse's I'm just not watching anything. Get you a man who can do both. Got right, so room. so, so you you're saying of all the entertainment, are you talking about 2020 entertainment? Because you would think like Mickey Mouse and stuff. They started be. conducting the survey in 2019. Um, oh wow! So that's what. So, so it it's did just begin, about current. So it current did begin stuff. in peak in peak. Uh, that was sort of peak Mandalorian, Mandalorian phase when it yeah. began, yeah. which helps it. But there's also some interesting. So number two was the Avengers, not Marvel, not the MCU, but the actual Avengers show. And uh, and, then no, boy. and then number <laughs> three, uh, Stranger Things, the first and hmm. uh, one of the very few non Disney entities on the list was Stranger Things. Wow. Which also has its multiple offshoots. And what they drew out of this uh, is that it's not necessarily about the most money. Uh, it's not like the handsomest stars. These things obviously don't hurt. But uh, but they say that franchises do need to be able to connect to deeper themes. You need to, People want to be able to chew on something when they leave the movie theater, or in this case, huh. leave their Netflix show. That's the sets these things apart. And you can kind of see this going on the list. It's not... There's a, some kind of obscure ones. Like, for example, number four, uh, and I don't know what deeper thing this connects to other than it being awesome, John Wick. Uh, comes in oh. the comes in fourth place <laughs> as a franchise. Yeah, vengeance and it's vengeance, man. Hand it's, to hand, you know, it's yeah. just yeah, gunpowder and, and, got, and listen, hair grease it, and. If for some reason I need to have an extended hand to hand and firearm duel with common, I am very well equipped. Thank you, that, <laughs> thanks to that franchise. <laughs> then you've got Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Witcher, and then Ozark. Uh, Ozark was the biggest shocker for me on the list. I, which Ozark, I, I like the show. I just would not have considered it. I wouldn't have it thought it, like it, it rounded up the top ten. Yeah, it wasn't I, even Ozark. It was Jason Bateman. Actually, was number franchise. Jason Bateman. That boy can act for sure. Jason Jason Bateman's one of those people with like it's. He's sort of in that like Dolly Parton, uh, uh, you know, category of just universally like people just like everyone him. likes. You him. know, there aren't there, there. It's it's a category where there aren't a ton of people in there. I think Oprah is in there. Like it's just like oh that person's awesome. You know, like it's it's a small list, but Jason Bateman's on it. And I Tim get Jason Tebow. Bateman. Tim Tebow. I get Jason Bateman mixed up with Kurt Cameron. Because they're no. like the same. They're very similar. I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I do sometimes, bro. I ain't gonna, yeah. I ain't gonna cap one with But Jason like, Bateman is such a good actor. Like, why is Jason Bateman on the Christian channel? Oh, what about Kirk Cameron? <laughs> is Kirk Cameron a good actor? I mean, he was in Growing Pains. <laughs> Why? What, what happened? <laughs> like, I mean, he's if, been in other things, Jamie? wasn't he? Wasn't he a left behind? <laughs> he was. He was. One of them. He was in fireproof. He was in a number of Christian. It's hard to. Let's be honest, guys. It's hard, and this sounds bad. And I'm not trying to disparage. That. Well, look, we've joked about it enough. Um, it's hard to judge like faith based movies, like. No, like individual elements of them like you can judge it as a whole be like oh that was bad that was no good but like the acting the writing the production value it all seems to kind of pull each other you know and so it's like I don't know maybe he is a good actor maybe if he had a good script maybe if his script wasn't you know didn't involve uh, you know you absolutely being certain he was going to pray a, a prayer of salvation at the end and then break the fourth <laughs> wall look directly into the camera and ask you to do the same like maybe if the script did involve that <laughs> 
<laughs> we consider him a good actor. Man, he's working with the material he's got, guys. That's that a hard thing true. to do. To that break the rules true. of the movie that were well established 90 minutes ago. That, that, that He can't look right at me and, and lead me in a prayer. But that's what's happening. I will tell you this. Kurt Cameron interviewed me earlier this year for something and he was super yeah. nice. So there's for that. Politics. I've spoken yes. to him a couple times. Yes. Yeah. I've, ne- I've never interviewed and on my time at Rella, I guess it's not that weird. We're not really on the same beat necessarily, but we're not. I would have thought we would have at some point our paths would have crossed, but I've never met the guy. We've I, been pitched him many times. And well, we yeah, said, I guess if you. I wanted to, I could probably make it. Th- thank you, brother in Christ, but we're good. Thank you. <laughs> Peace be with you. No. Um, <laughs> Onward. One last little. This was. I thought this was an interesting uh, little note at the end. If you if you just if you're just talking Gen Z, if you're just talking Zoomers, top two entertainment franchises for Gen Z: Shrek and SpongeBob. Neither Shrek. of which uh, were introduced during for, for when many Gen Z Gen Their Zers life. Gen Zoomers were alive. But, that's uh, drugs the to them. Even, that's like classic. Yeah, yeah. American yeah this is Nick Knight movies. for them. Well, this is the, <laughs> this is Shrek and, Shrek My favorite and, classic is Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the memes. It's the internet memes. They've lived on. They've taken on a life of their own on on Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok. So they know these primarily as like. Uh, sort of a, like a glossary for the internet more than his actual TV shows. They feel like two entries that would definitely be on Michael Scott's list, like SpongeBob <laughs> and Shrek. Like I feel like he's a big fan of. He would be a big fan of their comedy. You know. Yep. Last right, uh, the, the last thing we're going to talk about, and this will be short, but but we'd be remiss to not let this go by. Uh, Jesse, I at least talked to you about this a little bit uh, just a couple of days ago, but we're going to talk briefly about our friend Kenneth Copeland. A prosperity gospel preacher guy who the has a lot of private Kenny jets. Boy. Uh, he's been he's 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 uh, he's a man of the word, and he recently preached. He prayed a sermon. We're gonna we're gonna get through this, but I just first I want you to hear just a l- short clip of this prayer that he prayed. Uh, do, we, do we need COVID-19. to put up a disclaimer or something like like before we play this content? Like we do not endorse this. Do this. <laughs> My lawyers are Speak looking at me. And they're, they're shaking their heads. Don't do it. I don't care. We're doing. It. We're playing. It. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing, we, we so this is Clark. Can the just play a little, just a little not, bit. Just just give people a taste of this prayer. The views are presented in the following clip do not represent <laughs> relevant media group. We'll exercise judgment right now. Because we in have the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Standing in the office of the prophet of God, I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. Oh, I execute judgment on you, oh. Satan, you destroyer, you killer, you get out, you boy break your power, you get off this nation. I demand yeah. judgment on you. All right. I You've kind of got the yeah. You, yeah. you got the energy. Interesting cadence yeah. here. Yeah. You got the vibe there. <laughs> Authoritative. Right, so, yeah. A YouTuber by the name of Andre Antunes got yes. a hold of this. And uh, yes. and Andre Andre saw where we just see a, a prosperity gospel prayer, Andre saw raw material for <laughs> the the winter jam of 2020. Uh, let's hear let's let's hear some of that, Clark. Brace yourself, buckle uh, up. Because we in have... the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you. Yes. In the this is amazing. <laughs> I execute judgment on you, COVID Some, some people ask, hey, what was going to Cornerstone like back in the day? It was basically this club. <laughs> this Cornerstone was, Festival. This is what the Cornerstone <laughs> Festival was like. Yeah, That joint is, that's fire. It could have been so bad. And it actually kind of rocks. Like it, yeah, it's actually did. like it actually kind of rocks a little bit. The yeah. the opportunity for that to be very boring was really there. And Andre vaulted over the vaulted over <laughs> with ease, with ease and grace. <laughs> vaulted like Timmy Tebow. Uh, well, there's a lot more content like that every day over at relevantmagazine.com. Follow us on social. Check out the site. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Timmy Tebow joins us. <laughs> you should think of.
You're listening to Heish Bernard. The song is Think About It. Well, today's episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from experiencing peace or achieving your goals? With the heaviness of all that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find peace and purpose. And that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And of course, you can send a message to your counselor anytime. To top it all off, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available worldwide. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Well, Tim Tebow is an athlete, best-selling author, speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and believer. Most of us know him for his time on the football field. I happen to have a signed Tim Tebow football on the shelf right next to me right now. Uh, But he has gone on to do much more. He started the Tim Tebow Foundation, which leads initiatives that support the fight against human trafficking and more. Our very own Tyler Huckabee sat down with Tim this week to talk about how to take the fight against human trafficking to the next level. His new book, and yes, a few predictions about college football. Here's our conversation with Tim Tebow. Right, so it's been really cool over the last couple of years to see you and your organization get involved in the fight against human trafficking here in the U.S. Uh, with so many issues out there right now, what drew you to this particular cause? Um, I got to be honest, I think um, to really everything that I feel like God's called me to is because he's opened my eyes to it. And he has just literally put it right in front of me where I couldn't look away. And I really believe that um, a lot of the times... Um, when God calls us, it's because he opens our eyes to a need, to a problem, to hurting people. And he says, look at this. I don't want you to look away. I don't want you to flinch. I don't want you to hide. I don't want you to cover your eyes. I'm showing you this because I want you to step into this fight and I want you to meet this need. And I want you to be in this fight. And, um, and that really happened for me um, with the fight against trafficking um, a little over eight years ago when my dad called me out of the blue and he was in a remote country. And he finished preaching at an underground pastor's conference. And he told me, he said, I I just bought four girls. And I said, what, what are you talking about? And he said, uh, yeah, there was, um, they were selling four girls here. And I, I gave all the money in my wallet and, um, four girls, $1,250. And, um, my dad's, you know, he's done everything he can and anything he can to help people. I've been able to watch him, you know, my entire life, his entire adult life of doing that. Um, but I knew that day this was a new fight, a different fight. So obviously when we hear human trafficking, a lot of images come to our minds. We've all got a lot of different ideas about what that actually looks like. Can you clarify some of that? What are some of the big misconceptions you've come across about what human trafficking is? Yeah, there's, it's just so many. I think um, probably the first one is everybody thinks that thinks of Liam Neeson and Taken, you know, and, uh, and that's just not it. Does that happen? Yes, that happens. That absolutely happens. But um, there is a lot of it that's just familial, family, it's uncles, it's relatives, it's, it's brutal, it's messy, you know, and then when they're rescued, they, they can't go back to their family. Where do they go back to? Right. And so now you're, you're in a unique situation where now you're trying to recreate what family looks like and you're trying to be able to adapt and change. And I think that's a big one is they just think, Oh, they're rescued. You send it back to their family. No, it's the, you know, for, there's a lot of cases that their families were the ones that were trafficking them, that were the ones that were, um, um, forcing them, that ones were manipulating them and, um, and so I think that's a really big misconception that's important for people to kind of understand a little bit more of the, the actual truth about it. It's also important to, um, to understand that there's just so much manipulation involved, so much manipulation. There is a, um, a young girl that even 
you know, sometimes believes that her trafficker um, loves her because he bought her a stroller for her baby, right? But yet he's selling her daily over and over and over again, right? But these are the real things. And it's not only do you want to rescue, but then you also want to restore and love and show what real love looks like, what real care looks like, what uh, what real serving looks like, and, and almost re, um, reframe a little bit of getting rid of so much of that manipulation that's taken place. So once we know that, what are the next steps people can take to get involved? Uh, what are the ways that we can partner with what you all are doing? There's a lot of things that people can do. You know, we have um, set up a rescue team um, that is three, three ways if you want to be part of our rescue team. One is to be an advocate. You know, being an advocate, what does that really mean? It means to use your voice to speak up for, right? And, and we want to be able to put the materials in front of you and the stats and, and be able to equip you to talk in front of your family, to talk at your school, to talk at your university, to be able to share with your rec teams or your youth groups and be able to share... Hey, be aware of these things. And so I think it's important that we use our voice. Another is to be a defender, is to actually stand up for, right? If you're a defender, you stand up for something. And we want people to stand up for those that are being trafficked here and around the world. And so that is something important that we are, we share, you know, to our defenders. Hey, you know, these girls are going through this. They need this. Shoes, socks, blankets, pillows, um, toiletries, whatever. So you, Hey, we're going to go get it. We're going to rally and we're going to support and we're going to be defenders for, and then arguably the most important is to be a prayer warrior to lift up for, you know, is that, you know, a lot of people think it's our last defense because we don't use it till the end when we're in need, but it really should be our first line of defense. Um, and maybe there's area there's, you know, nonprofits in your area that you can be involved in. Maybe it's just the, it's educating, it's educating yourself. You know, not one of us will be able to change this issue. But when we create an army of people that say, you know what, no longer on our watch is this, this, this isn't going to happen. This isn't good enough. We can do better. When we create an army of people that are called to that, I really do believe we can push back this evil. And, and I really believe that it's the greatest form of evil in the world today. Um, changing subject just a little bit. I hear you're getting into the children's book game. Can you tell us a little bit about this book you're working on? Yeah, it's called Bronco and Friends of the Party to Remember. And I love it. It's my first children's book. I'm so excited for it because um, I want every single mom or dad that reads this book to, um, to their boy or girl that when they hear it, that that boy or girl will, will know that they were created for a reason and that they have purpose. And this book's about teamwork and it's a, an exciting story. And it's, I think it's going to be funny and fun. But more than anything, I think it's about purpose, passion, and meaning. And when kids hear it, that they understand that, that they were created for a reason and God has a great plan for their life. And I want them to know that. I want them to feel that. I want them to understand it. Because when someone realizes that they're not an accident, but they're important, and even sometimes what other people might look at, look at as a setback or a disability is sometimes a setup or actually your greatest ability. And all of the animals that work together in this story of Bronco and friends, they all have what other people would look at as maybe a setback or a disability, but how the, in the greater scheme of it, how they all figure out that it actually turns out to be some of their greatest abilities that they work together as a team and they all find purpose in working together. It's one thing to talk about ideas this big between you and me, like we're adults. Is it difficult to write at this level that uh, that works for kids? Yes, it is. It's, especially when you write it and all of a sudden you're like, dang, I got to cut like 40 pages of this, you know, and I got to condense it. And uh, so we definitely, we had to do that a bunch and condense it, but it was just, it was so fun and, um, you know, just... I just, I also think that, you know, the pictures really bring it to life and, um, and it's hopefully it'll be fun and funny and, and, um, and very joyful for kids. Um, but I, I mean, that's crazy. I just remember when I was young and the, the books my mom would read to me, they were so meaningful and had such an impact. And I just hope this has a chance to do that for, for a boy or girl out there. Okay. So those are all the questions that I have and I am not a sports guy, but I promised some of the people that I work with that I'd ask you uh, who you think is going to win the Heisman this year. Gosh, that's a good question. It's going to be really hard. I think that the top two candidates are um, Mac Jones, maybe 1A and Kyle Trask 1B right now. 
but they'll probably face off in the SEC championship. And whoever wins that, I think will win the Heisman, my guess. And then who do you think the, 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 the best fans in college football are? Well, obviously I'm going to go with the Gators, Gator everywhere, but I'll, I'll go with the, I'll go with another, I'll go with this. I'll throw out a second. I think Clemson's really good. I think LSU, Alabama, Ohio state. I think all of those are really good. Um, see, it's different. If you say most passionate, if you say craziest, if you say kindest, like if I say kindest, I think Auburn would be up there. Mississippi state's really nice too. If I say, um, just, there's a lot of them, Ohio state, there's a lot of them. If I say craziest, maybe LSU. Put it this way. When we would drive in, they would push our bus, you know, rock side to side. We would get off the bus and multiple times, um, me or teammates or coaches had beer poured on us and we would show, and, and it would be packed an hour and a half before the game. And there would be a lot of people chanting things that I can't repeat here. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was Tim Tebow. Make sure to check out his new book at timtebow.com and the work he's doing to fight human trafficking at timtebowfoundation.org. Stay tuned up next. It's our wellness segment. to Puma Blue. The song is Opiate. Well, in the new installment of our weekly wellness series, we are talking to the author of the book Rest Now, Seven Ways to Say No, Set Boundaries, and Seize Joy. We talked to Kelly Ballery about working from rest instead of working for rest, rethinking American work culture, and thriving in God alone. The series is brought to you by UHSM member-to-member health sharing. See why millions are choosing this Christian alternative to traditional insurance. Ask if you qualify for UHSM membership today by calling or texting 833-367-8476 or 833-367-UHSM or visit uhsm.com slash care. Here is Kelly Ballard. So something that's happened a few times, and it seems particularly true of this book, is that it seems especially relevant right now, probably in a way that you couldn't have anticipated when you were writing it. Can you give me the origin story of the book and tell me a little bit just about how it's been received during pandemic season? It's amazing, Tyler, because I wrote this book and got the concept for it, really, before the pandemic even hit. And so through prayer, I just really felt heavy, this thing about rest, rest, rest. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll write on rest. You know, who wants to write a book on rest? Rest is so hard to do. But and then here we are in this season. And so as I started to talk to people, hey, this book's getting ready to come out. They were like, oh, why do we need this book? We've been resting already for six months. So I said to many people, well, let me ask you a question. Do you actually feel at rest? Like you've been sitting at home, but do you feel soul rest? Do you feel full? Do you feel content? Or is there still an unease within you? And so while a lot of people have been home and we've been, you know, more isolated and contained, that doesn't mean that we've actually obtained the fullness of rest that's available to us. And so I think that this book is more relevant than ever, especially today, because we're getting hit by COVID. We're getting hit by an election. We're getting hit by needing to do more than ever because some people are experiencing kids at home or work at home. And there's just a whole new dynamic and a new kind of evolution to our society that we need to learn to operate in and not, not in a place where we're working for rest, but really working from rest. 
Okay, so something that I think is true of a lot of us here in America is this idea that people who work hard are successful and those who don't work as hard are just uh, not as good. Like there's something inherently better about being a hard worker than about being somebody who uh, who rests a lot and prioritizes their their downtime. Is there something off about how those like preconceived ideas w- work for us? Is there something off about our ideas of work and rest? I love that you're asking that, Tyler, because the reality is we've grown up in an American culture, but really what we need to move into is a kingdom culture, right? So we think American culture says have more, be more, do more, get more, you know, and really in so many ways, the more is killing us, (laughs) yet we get in that hamster wheel cycle of like, okay, I got to do this thing. This is how I get love. This is how I'm significant. This is how I'm worthy. And yet on the other side, kingdom says, hey, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You're going to get exalted. You know, like Jesus said, hey, you don't need to bring anything with you from the, for this journey. Leave behind your sandals, your bag, just go, you know. And so it's a different picture and the least is the greatest. And so it's really a mind warp in a way. Like you have to flip over your thinking. And, uh, but that's ultimately rest because we don't need all this more. We actually will thrive in the less, but with the fullness of God. That's the real power position. If we can really just step away and rethink American culture, that's the renewal of rest and even inner healing. Okay. I'll speak for myself here, but I think there's going to be a lot of people who agree. A lot of us are going to hear this and they're going to love what you're saying but maybe we feel overwhelmed by life and then don't know how to slow down. We want to do less, but, but practically we just don't know what to do or how to set up those boundaries. So what does that look like practically? I'm so glad you asked that, Tyler, because this is where you can receive rest, right? Like plug into the power source, whether it's through prayer, worship, like, I don't know, whatever it looks like for you, maybe drawing, walking, I don't, it doesn't matter. So you plug into that place, but then you connect with God on that presence with the Holy Spirit. You connect to that, you carry that through to the workplace. Now, once you're carrying that, your job is to preserve it, right? Reserve it, preserve it. So let's take the example with the boss, right? You have a boss, it's all up on your tail, right? So normally, the boss would just be typing you out a hundred emails a day and that would be driving you nuts. And you'd continually be thinking, get off my tail. You know, I'm just using this as an example. You can set a boundary with that boss. Maybe there's a new way to think about it. And rather than being reactive, right, you set a boundary to say, how can I be proactive? So you would begin to think at home during your times of rest. Maybe I can have a meeting with the boss and say, hey, it would really work for me better if you did a summary email at the end of the day, or maybe being proactive is saying, Hey, you know what? I want to intentionally set up a weekly meeting with you to get ahead of this week's agenda. And so boundaries look like having the foresight and insight to look ahead of your week, to look ahead of the problem and to saying, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to take power over this. I'm going to think about this. I'm not the victim. I'm a victor through Christ Jesus. I have his ability to use wisdom and revelation and insight to actually be uh, thoughtful and discerning about how I'm going to approach whatever problem is coming at me to preserve and reserve my rest. was Kelly Valerie. For more content like this, make sure to check out our wellness articles every Tuesday and Thursday at relevantmagazine.com. The series is presented by UHSM. Many thanks for their support. Go check them out. Also, thank you to Tim Tebow for joining us today. You can follow him on Instagram at Tim Tebow. It's very inspirational content he's posting. Also, a little update here at Relevant, a couple of updates. We are hiring Uh, We're a small team, but we have two key positions that we're looking to fill very quickly. One is our account executive position. If you are interested in, you know, you're an experienced salesperson and you like the idea of media and selling media, we have a lot happening, especially in 2021. And we are looking to hire an account executive for our advertising and partnership endeavors check out that listing. Also, we are looking for a content creator, a writer, social media 
person. Uh, so they'll write for the magazine. They'll write for the website. They'll do our social media uh, all around creative. If you have a voice, if you're passionate about social media, um, you're witty uh, and have good taste, go check that out. We're looking for the right person there as well. Uh, both of those jobs, are, you can find out more information and apply at relevantmediagroup.com. That's relevantmediagroup.com. Also, uh, each week throughout December, we are uh, deploying a new edition of our annual Christmas album, uh, which we call A Very Relevant Christmas. We're not doing just one this year. We're doing four of them over on Spotify. Just search for Relevant on Spotify and you will see them right there. Follow them. They're great. We're theming them different each week. You know, uh, the first one uh, went out last Friday. Go check it out. A Very Relevant Christmas mix on Spotify. Also, while you're looking around online, check out the new issue of Relevant, the current issue uh, with Matthew McConaughey on the cover. We have Letitia Wright in it. We have Social Club Misfits, Brooke Ligertwood. So much great content. Go check that out. It's available for free thanks to UHSM, who's the presenting sponsor of the November-December issue. Go check that out at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, it's, it's something you don't want to miss. And hey, we're getting close to our January issue coming, so... If you haven't checked out the November, December one, don't miss it. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. This is Timmy. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.